Podcast Revolution Network presents The Way with Noah. Welcome to another edition of The Way with Noah. Super excited to bring you some new content. Um, last week I had the, I was tired, but I had an amazing opportunity to travel back to my adoptive home, the beautiful mountains of West Virginia. I was in Charleston, West Virginia um, a little over a week ago, commemorating the life and the work of a friend of mine, Chris Hale, founder of Friends of Order and public health advocate environmentalist who spent a lot of his, um, you know, he passed away way too soon, but spent a lot of his his later years, so to speak, focused really heavily on advocacy around issues of clean water um, and, and other matters of, of you know, um, public health. And so uh, I have been traveling for my new job, and I was really exhausted, but I had already agreed when Chris's father reached out to me to come back. There was an organization that was um, commemorating, uh, memorializing uh, Chris's life and work and dedication to the struggle that we were having after the 2014 Elk River chemical spill. And they created an award uh, to be awarded to those who, you know, worked in tandem with, you know, the faith-based, this is a faith-based organization. So keeping in mind, you know, their personal principles and perspectives as an organization, as well as the work and dedication to the community in this vein to live and lead the way Chris did. And it was a pretty nice ceremony. What I also really, really liked um, about this, you know, entire event was also that there was a conversation with two really cool um, authors um, who, who reflected on, you know, faith-based work and social justice, focusing more on environmental work, but social justice in generally. And I really appreciate this conversation because it wasn't preachy or judgy. It was really reflecting on how their own faith and background informed their work, right? And, you know, we've had various conversations about things like identity politics and things of that nature, but that's what can be so amazing when it is leveraged properly in the context of conversation and quote unquote doing the work. Right. And even talking about what doing the work means and looks like. And part of, you know, what these two women did, um, part of their work is telling stories through their writing and work. And so I think that this is a very meaningful conversation to have. I think that this was a really important you know, moment to be at. And I am uh, was really honored to have spent you know, some time there. So, you know, my kids were excited because they got to go back and visit with their friends, and my son was reunited with his, basically, like, half of his peewee football team, and my daughter got to kick it with her friends from 4-H, who, this is her first summer not going to 4-H camp or being a counselor, so, you know, my kids were like, oh my god, we miss it here, and I was like, oh my god, I miss it here, but, um, but anyway, so the other thing that was pretty cool that happened, I, during the final push in the past, like, the last week of Get Out the Vote here, down here in Georgia, I met the field director, um, brilliant woman, from West Virginia, 
who was working on Richard Ojeda's uh, congressional campaign. And um, don't really, didn't really follow him that much. I know a little bit of him from what I've seen in clips and comments from friends back, friends back in West Virginia who share stuff, you know, about how excited they are. Uh, so she was telling me, she was like, girl, you know, how long are you in town for? You know, there's a rally happening on Monday. Now, usually, you know, I go up, it's an eight hour drive. It's a long haul for us to, for me to go up and turn back around. But we did it. Um, so I was like, okay, when's the rally? The rally was like Monday and Monday evening. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you guys are really going to kill me here. But yeah, I'll do this. So, you know, I go to this rally and the rally was for PEIA. Because if, if you guys recall with the, with the West Virginia teacher strike, um, a big issue, the main issue that the teachers were striking over was, you know, the cost of, was the, the attack on their benefits, right? And the stagnant, you know, wages have been stagnant and they're low and then their benefits were being attacked. So there were public hearings that started after the strike and this was the final public hearing. Um, and so there was a rally and it was like union leaders all came together and teachers, you know, Teachers are some amazing folks. Teachers are amazing folks, you know what I'm saying? So it was union leaders, it was teachers, it was, you know, other supporters. It was, you know, I ran into some activists I knew who, I, who were like, oh, my God, I didn't realize you were still in town. It was pretty cool. Um, so shout out to Rusty. Rusty will be dropping his own podcast soon. So definitely, if you're interested in what's going on in, you know, Appalachia generally and specifically West Virginia and progressive politics, you'll definitely need to check out Rusty. I will make sure to share all that information when he gets it. Um, Mountain to Mountain podcast is another pretty good podcast that I've been on before, despite, you know, my own personal differences with some folks sometimes on opinions and ideas and thoughts. I still believe in lifting up good people doing good work, which is why I was really excited to stay and catch um, a portion of the rally, as well as I got a few minutes to talk with um, State Senator Ojeda at the end, which is pretty cool. They were en route to something else, but he took some time um, to talk with me. And so here's the rally. Um, and I thought it was important for you to hear just a little bit, you know, just what the emotion and the feel is in the crowd. And like this clip is, um, you know, the MC is shouting out some of the amazing teachers that are in that are there. Um, there's video on, tw on on Periscope on Twitter, you know, so you can see, you know, teachers raising their hand and stuff. But, like, some schools weren't out. So there was a good hundred people, if not more, on a Monday afternoon at five. And I was, like, having lived there, I was like, this is amazing. And they were like, girl, this is nothing. Like, you should have seen that the height of the, the strike, the crowds we would get out here. And so I was impressed and, and, and inspired because this is what we keep talking about, Right. We don't have to feed into people's misunderstandings uh, or we don't have to, you know, try to woo folks back from Trump, so to speak, by feeding into misunderstandings about issues. We don't have to, you know, feed into fragility and, 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 and misconceptions about social issues. Right. We can build with folks across class, across the working class on issues like benefits for public workers. Because teachers are doing so much and are on the line. And as we've seen, right, we've seen that what happened in West Virginia lit a fire across teachers across the country because teachers are struggling and battled everywhere. But it's not just teachers. We're seeing what I hope is a resurgence in union organizing. I mean, we need good, strong unions supporting good workers, right? Um, as, as I talked with one sister yesterday, I mean, that's great. But ultimately, we need to own the means of production. And that's a whole other conversation and story. <laughs> Oh, and, you know, shout out to my DSA comrades. But what I thought was really cool about Richard Ojeda 
um, was, you know, he, he, he ran in 2016, got in a state house, and he's actually pushing, you know, to represent his constituency in a way that directly actually represents his constituency, but also with a vision looking at the whole state of West Virginia. Now, me and Brother Ojeda may not agree on certain things. We may not agree on, you know, our current president necessarily. But what I did find was his ability to look at folks who are in positions of power and authority, regardless of whether he voted for them or supported them. And this is what's key. This is, this is a takeaway that I think is very important. His willingness to critique, criticize, and hold folks accountable is what we need to see across the board in our movement spaces, regardless of where we are, what we're doing, and, and how we're working, right? And one thing, like, we're, we're all standing around talking, you know, before we actually finally get to, you know, do our, do our jive. And he talks about... Um, an issue with like this U.S. attorney in that area in the Southern District talking about how they wanted to pr prosecute folks who use medical marijuana, and that enraged him. He was like, and if President Trump sent sent someone here like this that thinks that way, or appointed someone down here like this that thinks that way, you know, we got a problem. And so I appreciate people who are willing to say these are issues that matter, and that we're going to have to take this up with the powers that be. And we're not going to let up until people get what's done. Now, can we bridge and build? Possibly. It's definitely something we can consider. But I really appreciate his tenacity. I appreciate the, his, his forthcomingness. And I was really excited because um, his uh, field director, Shakira, and I, uh, you know, we're, we're in contact and communication. And so she hit me up to let me know that there was a new poll that just came out that uh, for that. So that's the third congressional district of West Virginia. And he's he's beating um, he's he's beating uh, the 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 it's it, it's still it's within you know the margin of error and stuff, but it still has him leading, right? So when you're looking at you know standard voter models of likely voters, he's winning forty seven to forty one. Dim surge model, it's Ojeda forty eight, Miller thirty nine, and this is just you know we talk about the red to blue blue you know the the red to blue purple to blue. Uh, programs and stuff like that like this is a district you know that some folks are watching uh, whether or not that's a good thing or not we don't know but because you don't necessarily want folks swooping down but what he's building on the ground and like I said um, you know getting to know those folks and seeing some of the folks I know who are behind him who have that critical lens on issues I'm really interested in seeing like how this campaign continues to unfold I'm interested in seeing what this can if this can create a ripple in activism and electoral-based organizing, not just on cycle. You know, we always talk about the off cycle and how we're always on and we need to be engaging with communities on real issues that are grappling them. And the one thing, you know, to go back to what I was saying, what he was upset about, the idea of prosecuting people who were wanted to use medical marijuana, because in West Virginia, medical marijuana, which was legislation he, you know, uh, authored, passed, but you can't grow it, you can't sell it, you can't buy it. So, right? And, you know, as you know, as some folks may know, you know, that is a state and particularly when you're talking about around the Huntington area, um, it's it's one of the hardest hit, if not the hardest hit in the, in the opioid epidemic. And I just know from my own experience and having lived there and the work I did there previously, um, it's devastating. And to say that something that's an option that can literally save not just people's lives, but would have a meaningful economic and very real impact on a, on, a, on an impoverished state, on a people who have been systemically oppressed and, and, and just the, 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 the resource 
you know, extraction and abuse of human capital that has occurred, right? Like, this is where I, you know, I say from the hood to the holler all the time, not to say that, you know, all of our issues are exactly the same, but there is some commonality in the way that systemic oppression and systemic issues do affect our communities, right? Um, when you look at Appalachia and you look at the marginalization of people, and again, not to say that there aren't certain issues and stuff, but when you just look at, you know, the, 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 the internal colonizing, the internal colonization of people's land, access, opportunity, and resources, and the way that people have been left with very little in return, except for, you know, disease, hunger, joblessness, right? So there's a lot that's deep there. So again, putting it all into the the rally, and then the rally follows my, you know, short interview with um, Richard Ojeda. Hopefully, I'll be able to actually get him for a, a longer sit down at some point in time, but it's you know, running for Congress is a busy, busy time. Um, but it, but it was a good conversation. It was a short conversation, but it was definitely a, a, a forward-moving conversation. And that's what I appreciate being able to talk to folks about forward-moving dialogue and how we come together and do what we need to do to make this all better. Um, because even though I don't live there, I'm not from there. I am a mountain mama at heart. So what does happen in West Virginia and with people? And I, I will grapple with folks on, you know, larger systemic issues and how we conceptualize things in terms of the intersection of organizing around race and class and, you know, what does it mean to be engaged in social justice work and still address these issues across the working class spectrum. I'm always going to have those conversations with folks. But at the same time, I do recognize that there is a common thread through all of us and working with people, you know, those who have been systemic, systemically disenfranchised by a system that puts more value on profit over people, that's a, that's a common bond that we, we all can potentially work across. Now, I know some folks think, oh, we're all saying the same thing. No, we're not. Because I don't see, you know, Mr. Ojeda asking me to sacrifice a struggle I'm involved in just for him to get further. And I don't think he would expect me to ask him or anyone else he's supporting to do the same. So part of the issue, and this, you know, is something that we have to work on in our movement spaces, is working through the difficulty and the uncomfortableness of these conversations, right, in other, other settings and other issues. But we're going to get there. And we're going to do it with good people willing to do good people willing to do good work. So that is my my intro. Check out the rest of, you know, the, the, the rally and check out my short clip with Richard Ojeda. It was definitely a good conversation. And hopefully we have more to come. Peace. Oh, I'm going to mess this last name up. Aslison from Jackson County. April Eastep from Boone County and... Karina, I didn't know you were going to be here, but Karina Rouse from Boone County. And the next guest who's going to introduce another guest is Tega Tony from Fayette County. So if Tega would come forward, I think she's behind me. Tega is the local president in Fayette County, a newlywed, and she's going to introduce our next guest. I'm married on Thursday. I'm at my honeymoon right now. No place else would I'd rather be. But yeah. All right. My name's Tegan McGuffin Tony, and I am a teacher at Oakville High School, and I am president of AFT Fed. But more importantly, and probably most importantly, I am a proud product of West Virginia Public Schools. Thanks to you.
My teachers, they inspired me, they mentored me, they molded me, and they taught me. And guess what? That is no different from what every one of you go in the classroom every day and do, or go in the school kitchen every day and do, or drive your bus every day and do. You are the future. You help teach the future. And it doesn't just stop there. What we do as public employees is valuable. It's meaningful. It's important. But it doesn't pay much. They promised us that they would take care of us, though. They promised us that instead of getting a fat paycheck, they would take care of us and our families through insurance benefits. Well, I'm here to tell you that West Virginia has broken its promise to us. You know, we call elected officials public servants. And I think it's time we tell some of the ones under this gold dome that they are not corporate servants, they are public servants. And we need to show them that in November, because we will remember in November. But also, we are not only public employees, we are also public servants. And we are public servants in the fact that we take care of the state of West Virginia. This state would not run if it weren't for us. We wake West Virginia up every morning and we help put it to bed at night. Now I have an impossible task because I have to introduce the man who really does not need an introduction. We all know who we're talking about. We need a man who believes in us and believes in what we fight for and what we stand for and what all working families in West Virginia fight for and stand for. And we have found that person, and he has screamed it from every rooftop, from Huntington to Charleston to Beckley to Flatwoods to Morgantown to Wheeling to Martinsburg and everywhere and anywhere in between. I'm talking about the good senator from Logan County, Mr. Richard Ojeda. Help me in a chant. We all know how to chant his name. Where'd you go? Well, I tell you, I love that fire. I love that fire. Love it. 
in here and do right by us. That's a fact. It's time for the working class citizens to finally have their voice heard. And you know what? There's plenty of us out here today. Plenty of us who are willing to listen and are willing to fight to make sure that your words are heard and we do something about it. So, thank each and every one of you all for taking the time to come here. Continue spreading the message. Let's not wait. Let's not wait. You guys go home today and continue spreading the message. You guys continue to reach out to every single teacher, every single school service personnel, and make sure that they're staying fired up. Don't listen to the garbage that some of these people are saying. Don't do it. I don't want to sit and listen. These, the same people that right now are coming to you and trying to speak nicely to you are the same people that spoke negatively about you behind the scenes. That's a fact. That's a fact. Remember their votes, ladies and gentlemen, and don't just remember the last three days before you all won. You go all the way back and you watch those party lines that went and did everything, everything against you. I listen to these people sitting back there behind the, the Senate president in that little room back there talking about ways to villainize you guys. Every time Senator Carmichael called you all to his office, it was not to listen to what you guys want to say. It was to find cracks in your armor to create division against you. That's exactly what he did. So make no mistake about it, we're not going to allow him to blow smoke up our asses anymore. And I'm going to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing we can do about him for the next two years. But if we take this back in November, we'll make sure he gets a seat in the daggone corner someplace. Hey, this is an awesome treat for me. I was here in West Virginia for something personal, but now I get to do something really awesome. This senator right here, y'all might recognize him from some of the news coverage stuff over the last several months on what's been happening here in West Virginia. Senator, is it Ojeda or Ojeda? Uh, Ojeda. Ojeda. Or Ojeda. Ojeda. Depending on, you know. Depending on who you say. Okay. So, Senator O. Ojeda. Ojeda. Senator Richard Ojeda is here. He's running for Congress in the 3rd Congressional District. That's right. So, y'all know I talk a lot about West Virginia, having spent seven years of my adult life here. This is someplace that I definitely call home. And so I'm really honored to have had the time to stay here in front of for a rally. Um, there is a PIA, PIA hearing that's going on right now. And Senator has been one of the folks, like, amongst so many others, leading, like, this conversation to make sure that these people right here in this Gold Dome do right by teachers and state employees across across the state. And this is leading the way. Y'all got really excited about the teacher strike. Well, this is where it started and what it started around. It was about benefits, not just a pay raise. So we, we need to actually understand that. So, Senator, I know you're running for Congress. Hopefully we'll call you Congressman in a couple of months. Um, how are you feeling, you know, being out here, all this energy, and, and with the momentum that has been picking up and going on? Well, I think that, you know, the teachers basically, you know, they made a few people pay in May. And they still continue to talk about remembering November, and that's something that has to happen. Uh, you know, they have the PEI task force, but the truth is, is what I'm seeing is basically they go and they let people tell them what they're going to, you know, what the, the issues are. But are they listening? Mm -hmm. And what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to put together a timeline that says, okay, we'll finally let you guys know what we're going to do in January, which is after the election. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. I'm saying by October 1st, the PEIA task force should come in front of all of the teachers, school service personnel, state employees that fall under PEIA, and let them know this is exactly the way ahead. 
because I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to go and kick the can down the road, pass the election. They're trying to remain safe, and then they're going to do what they want to do anyway because they now have time on their side. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. What happened in this capital during the teacher strike was unacceptable, and these people absolutely deserve better. Absolutely. So you're running as a, I'll say, a no-nonsense Democrat here in a quote-unquote red state. What is what are some of the things you think about when people tell you about oh what can and can't be done in a place like West Virginia because of you know his allegedly historical voting patterns and, and things that I mean from my own experience living here it seems like there's an untapped potential of people and opportunity that is that is disregarded in the favor of big interests and someone like you come along saying like nah people are waking up mm -hmm. people are starting to realize that these the same old same old who's been blowing smoke up everybody's backsides for far too long. They, they've been found out, you know, they've been found out, and, and and I'm telling you right now, I believe wholeheartedly that the citizens of West Virginia are sick and tired of it, we know for a fact that we could have better, we're standing on the richest grounds, you show me the Absolutely. richest grounds, I will always show you the poorest people, we know that per capita we have always answered this nation's call more than anyone else, we deserve respect, we deserve respect, and it's time that we start getting it. And I'm telling you right now, the people here in this state know that we have that capability. There's no reason why we're not using the National Gas Service to fully fund PEI, give people decent pay raises. You know, these people aren't asking for, for everything. They're asking right. for an honest day's pay, for an honest day's work. They're asking for decent benefits to be able to take care of their family when their family members and themselves get sick. What's right. wrong with that? You know, Absolutely. and the people that are denying them don't know what life is like to a single parent trying to put food on the table. They don't. When I park next to a Bentley over there in the parking lot, I only hear that guy say people need to learn to live within their means because they have no concept. And people are starting to wake up and realize that we're tired of those people being our voice in this building right here. Absolutely. Absolutely. As you're looking at the issues that are affecting the district, I mean, obviously this one of healthcare, making sure that our state workers, teachers, those who are doing, you know, the most necessary of, of, of jobs in our state, um, are, are having what they need to survive. What are some of the other issues that you're looking at here we, that are affecting the district? We are being ripped apart with the opioid epidemic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I pushed a bill two sessions ago, and it become law. West Virginia become the 29th state to be legalized for medical cannabis. Okay. It was not BOSB 386. But you can't buy it. You can't grow it. You can't possess it. You can't prescribe it. You know, on the federal level, what they have done is they basically shackled it. Right. You know, uh, they're talking about, okay, if a person gets a medical cannabis card, they have to lose their, 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 their weapons ca capability. You know, we got uh, our U.S. attorney, you know, that was just sent down here, and he's, he's saying, we will absolutely prosecute people if, if they get the medical cannabis card. Okay, so tell me something. Who sent him down here? If, if, if President Donald Trump appointed this guy to come here and do that to our people because we are struggling, because we know that states that have accepted medical cannabis have saw a 24% decrease in opioid abuse, mm -hmm. we know for a fact that people that are going through withdrawal symptoms can benefit from medical cannabis. We know for a fact that Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, severe ADHD, Crohn's disease, epilepsy, post-traumatic stress disorder, and many, many more things absolutely can be helped with that. But we want to we want to do everything in our power to take away this capability for our people. Right. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. We're starting to open our eyes. I want to go to Washington, D.C. I want to de-schedule mm -hmm. cannabis. You're going to sit there and tell me that cannabis is horrible, but yet you don't do nothing against alcohol? More people die with alcohol-related incidents. Do you know that last year we lost more people in the United States of America than all the lives lost during the Vietnam War? Last year. Wow. Last year. But yet nobody wants to say Big Farm is the enemy. 
You know? Well, Think about okay. that. That's a yes. fact. That's a fact. So yes. tell me something. Why are we not calling Big Farm the enemy? Because Big Farm is greasing the pockets of these legislators in these buildings all over the United States of America. And they're getting them to vote for them and their issues and vote the way they want them to vote. And it's time for that to end. It's time for that to end. We can offer capabilities to heal, heal our people. And we need to do just that. The opioid epidemic right now is turning our communities into episodes of the walking dead. Those must be addressed. We don't even have the funding in West Virginia to deal with the opioid epidemic. we got 102 beds. That don't even affect the issues. That don't even help the issues in one single community. So where's the funding coming from? Right. Absolutely. So any final words? I know you're getting ready to head out on the road. you got some traveling to do. But any final words of what can people do to kind of get involved, help your campaign, to help with some of these issues involved? I mean, what should we be focusing on? Well, you know, if people want to support me uh, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, vote ojetta.com. Go on that. Okay. Uh, but also, how about adopting candidates? Absolutely. In your area, adopt a person who is running for House of Delegates. Adopt a person who is running for State Senate. Adopt a person who is running for Congress. And adopt a person who is running for U.S. Senate. Those four people. And send each one of them $5. For $20, you take care of four people that you believe are going to be the best ones to go forward and be your voice in your state capital and in your capital in Washington, D.C. Do just that and make no mistake about it. You can make a difference. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and Thank all you. you're doing. And Godspeed. And let's, let's, let's do this. Staffers clear the way. Airborne all the way. Awesome.